Hey, here we go. This is number uh, episode number 83 of No Laugh Track Acme's podcast. Uh, my name's Justin Severson. Uh, thanks to Circle of Heat. The music we play at the beginning, really appreciate that. Local comic Trevor Anderson, part of that band. Like us on Facebook, please. If you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or anyone else, anywhere else you're getting us. Right now, let's start. Isaac Woody's here, guest on number 83. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm here. Wait a minute, Isaac. No, I didn't see your name on the uh, website last right. week. Right. I'm, 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 uh, I'm not John Doerr. You're, so let's confirm as you're not John as, Doerr. As much as it would benefit me, as much as I'd like to be, I'm not, I'm not John Doerr right now. <laughs> no, he's, he's somewhere doing Hollywood big shot stuff right now. And... Uh, Luckily, and I was just, you know, just had nothing to do Tuesday through Thursday. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a convenient thing not being booked sometimes because you fall into stuff. You know? And it must help to live somewhere near a major <laughs> yep. comedy club. Yeah, yeah. So many podcasts go on around here in town. It's great. <laughs> so you're here, yeah. John Doerr was was uh, originally scheduled for the uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He's and, just going to uh, be here Friday, Saturday now. Yeah, you yep. claimed it. Mm-hmm. You're taking yeah. over the reins. I'm a weekday type of guy. Oh, weekday type of guy. I mean, uh, bring John Doerr in for the weekends. I, even if they would book me, I wouldn't even want to do Friday, Saturday <laughs> anyway. I'd, I'd, I'd turn it down. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do Monday if you want. I'm a Monday kind of comic. Speaking of that, I was here on Monday uh, for the open mic. Big night here. Yeah, Swartzen uh, was here. Apparently, I was going to go, but God, I was just like, I had a, I had this just ridiculous travel thing where I was. I went from the northern hills of Wisconsin to do a show, and then uh, on Friday, and then Saturday, I went to Southern Illinois. So, and then I drove back. Woke up at five a.m. the next day. On Sunday and had to be back here by five o'clock to do a show at the Joke Joint. So it's like out of seventy-two hours, I was in the car twenty-seven of them by yourself, by myself, just mind-melting type of driving. Just I, I, there's not when you're in the car that much. It's just like you, you don't even know it's real. And music sucks. Being alone, silence sucks. Podcast, you can only listen to so many podcasts. Sure. You cannot, you can't just sit and listen. Like flipping around the radio, and everything is boring. The only thing that brings you me any contentment at all is to look at the GPS to see how much longer it's going to take, and that's even more torture. I was going to say, is that a good thing? It's awful. It's just awful. Like I, like I've, I used to do a ton of driving. You know, when I would feature, like, you know, I'd feature, what, like, 35 weeks a year, and I'd do those monster drives all the time. Yeah. And back then, you didn't have a GPS. No. You had the, the uh, Hudson map. Right. Map. The old Ray McNally. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, then, I, back then, the old-fashioned way I'd do it was I would look at mile markers on the map. Right, right. And that was the way I would torture myself. But <laughs> na- now it's even more specific. It tells you when you're going to get there, how much longer you have, how many more miles you have to go, and it's it's just it's it's awful. Do you do that thing though, um, where you can like gain time? We'll give you an estimate estimation yeah. of how, like, hey, that said twenty. I'm going to be there in twenty seven hours. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah? at like twenty six hours oh, and forty seven yeah? minutes now. Show them. Yeah. yeah, that it used to be with the old GPSs. They used to say like it's going to take yeah, eleven and a half hours, and then by the time you got there, it took like nine. But now Google Google Maps has it down pat pretty much. Like they, it, they really are accurate, with, and that sucks because you just can't beat it no. unless you're going ninety. <laughs> which you know, I got no insurance on that rental car. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> if you get rental insurance on a car, like how many? I used to always get the rental insurance, and every single time, yeah. 
I never had an accident. I used to always, I'd be turned in angry. Mm-hmm. But now I never get the insurance and it makes the drive, you know, more exciting because there's way more on the line. <laughs> Living on the edge. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Always. You right. so you don't uh, you don't bend you don't fold you don't bend when they try to guilt you at the oh, shop God. picking up the, the car. The worst. I mean, because they they lay it on thick. I it's funny we're talking about rental car. The, the one time I did talk about Enterprise rental car, it was on KQ. Oh okay. And uh, I was like, I hate Inter- I was like, I hate Enterprise because they that whole thing where they act like it's a favor they're doing for you, where you hey, we'll walk around the car with you, and right? Like, well, we'll pick you up. Yeah, pick you up. But it, all it is is just, it's just uh, it's a more intense way to try to talk you into insurance. That's all. Because the whole time they're walking you around the car, it's like, give us more money. How, how about you give us a little more money? And I hate that. And I said that on KQ and Tom Bernard goes, uh, oh, well, I guess I can mark them off for future <laughs> right, 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 advertising. Right. <laughs> like, you forget about that. When you're on real radio, yeah. you can't, I'm like, you know, you, they are, that's how they pay their right. bills. Right. Yes. Man. They haven't bought any advertising since. Good. So thank you. Good. <laughs> screw, <laughs> screw them. <laughs> I think I did uh, old Tom Bernard a favor there. Yeah. <laughs> Enterprises like. <laughs> town i don't know if you've heard good no oh, man <laughs> you don't you do not want to be a major business conglomerate on the bad side of isaac witty uh-uh no sir Mm-mm. um so how did when you got the phone call this week like mm-hmm. hey yep we need you it was <laughs> what were you doing at that point i'm curious i was you know i just finished driving i just finished an 11 hour drive day and I was, uh, I was, I begrudgingly, I saw, I was like, oh God, who would be calling me? And it was Acme. So that was good. I was happy to get that call. So, yeah, I was, uh, uh just to finish the thought on Monday night. So the, uh, like, yeah, you said Swartzen, by the way, yeah. it was the, uh, they didn't advertise it like on the website or anywhere. Yeah. But word always gets out a little holy bit. Holy cow. Yeah. When Brian Miller was uh-huh. on the listed as the last comic of the yeah. evening. And then at the end of his set, he's like, oh, and uh, we have one more person. And you could just feel the crowd like, whoop. Yeah. Here he is here. I remember one time, this is years ago, it was, uh, <laughs> I had come here to do a guest set for whatever reason. I think it was like a Friday night. I'd come to do a guest set, and Lewis came up to me and he said, oh, you can't do a guest set tonight. And I was like, why? And he goes, Stephen Wright's here. Oh. And I was like, wow, oh, great. Yeah. That's, I was happy to give up a guest set. So I'm sitting over the bar, and I feel a tap on my shoulder, and it's Stephen Wright actually came up to me and apologized to me for bu- for getting bumped. And I was like, man, I don't mind at all. No, really? This is going to be great to watch you. I'm glad you're here. And then... Yeah, he's like, are you a comic? You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I'm really sorry. I didn't know that by me doing a guest set, I was going to get somebody bumped. I'm really sorry about that. What a nice guy. Wow. So, But that night, no, like the word had not, got, not gotten out at all here. And Tracy Ashley was emceeing that night. And I remember all his intro was... It was, she finished her set, and then I'm gonna, she goes, like, I think she was told to not make a big deal about it. So the, all she said was, your next comic is from Boston, Massachusetts. Let's hear it for Stephen Wright. And it was, the reaction of the crowd here was so fascinating because, like, they didn't, I don't think, it, most people were like, no way. And then they saw him, and then there was this feeling of like, oh my God, that really is Stephen yeah, yeah. Wright. It was, it was a really cool moment. And then probably guys like nudging their date, like, no, you do know who that is. (laughs) No, you know him. (laughs) He's the not in a row guy. (laughs) You know what joke I'm talking about? Yes. (laughs) Or the, uh, a lot of people know him from the um, voiceover in Reservoir Dogs. 
Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The radio DJ. Yeah, he was a DJ on that. Yeah. yeah. And Kid Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s <laughs> continues. What am, he's been in other movies, but God, there's only so many roles you can you put him in, really. Yeah. Also a Boston Red Sox hat in every appearance on television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your opinion of the Red Sox? The Red Sox? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a fan of any team from the East Coast. God, I, just, I just, I, I cannot stand it when people, I mean, people from ba- Massachusetts, people from New York, you know, whatever. Okay, I get it. That's your team. That's fine. But people who, people who root for a baseball team just because like it's a popular hat to wear yeah. or something, and they've never been to the East Coast or they've visited and like, oh, I went to a Yankees game and it was really neat. Like that's why I'm a Yankees fan. Like. I just hate those people. I went to Fort Myers and visited Grandma. We went to a spring training game. I love the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's so easy to root for those teams. The only the, my mentality is I live. You're a huge in, Twins fan. Huge Twins fan. Yeah. I I went to uh, I lived in New York for two years. Oh, you did? Okay. And um, it made me hate the Yankees even more. Really. Because those their fans suck. Their fans are so obnoxious and mean. Like any anytime somebody somebody from the opposing team, like I I I don't know. Yeah, the like a fan of the opposing team will get up to go to the bathroom. So like asshole, oh. asshole. Like that's it, there's children around, but they don't care. No, they're just. I, I just really I don't think it's cool to be take pride in like yeah it's New York we're mean. And we're, for no reason, I just really, I really don't like New York. I don't like it at Didn't, all. We did, Boston won the last World Series. Right. But that's what I was getting at. The, but the thing that people fall into is they go, especially the years before uh, the Red Sox had won their first World Series right. in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people used to go like, I hate the Yankees because they're high budget. I like the Red Sox. Right. It's the same thing they spent back then it was always like the yankees spent a billion dollars and the red sox spent you know one million dollars under a billion dollars right, and they went right. yeah well, small market smaller yeah, market yeah. Oh. it's not fair yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not fair they'll get their due <laughs> yeah 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 no uh not a um not a red sox fan did you see the jimmy fallon movie fever pitch based on the red sox C- or fever pitch oh, yeah, yeah fevered pitch yeah, yeah i did see that yeah why? But see, <laughs> I did too. I don't too. know. You know what? I, I ever since I was, oh man, what was that Drew Barrymore movie that came out where uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Drew Barrymore, and it was like, what was that about? It's like so. There's a girl. I was the girl from uh the girl from uh, oh, uh weeds cars, is cars drive uh no wasn't it the driving with uh, no, no. The driving boys and girls. no that's not a, it's a different movie but there was a movie with uh the girl from weeds was in it what's her name. Uh, uh, not Sarah Jessica Parker, Mary Louise Parker, that from Weeds. Well, whatever. Yeah, the star of, of the it was the those three: Whoopi Goldberg, Weeds Girl, and and uh, Drew Barrymore. I I was uh, it was the only Hollywood crush I've ever had. Drew like, Drew Barrymore. God. Yeah. Yeah. So I I guess I've always just had a real fondness for Drew Barrymore. You know, I I believe she and I are the exact same age. Really? So it's not creepy when Born I say. On the same <laughs> It's not creepy when I say that I had a little crush on her when she was Gertie uh-huh. in E.T. Yeah, oh yeah. Because I was actually that's like seven at the same time that she was. So That's not weird. Uh, two times. Like she, she just strikes me as, I don't know, she just strikes me as a really cool person as far as celebrities go. Yeah. Like two times. One time I was in New York at an after-after party for Saturday Night Live 
It was when she did the boobs thing on Saturday Night Live, and the and she was dating a guy from The Strokes. Oh, yeah. She was smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer. I've seen her, tw- and then another time I saw her smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer in L.A., and uh, I was like, wow, she smokes cigarettes. There's something cool about that. <laughs> this diva girl, I don't know. She's looked at that way. Yeah. She smokes cigarettes. Yeah. Maybe not such a sweetheart. Maybe not. Sweetheart yeah. with a uh, with an edge. <laughs> yeah, she's got an edge. She's a real person. How were you, how did you end up at an after after party for Saturday Night Live? It was before Who did you know? I knew TJ Miller. Yeah. <laughs> I've known TJ Miller for a long time. Was he writing? No, no, no. Oh. This was back when TJ was uh I met TJ back when he it was uh I was just remembering this. Up TJ might not remember this. We he was emceeing and I was featuring in Vincennes, Indiana, at a Chinese restaurant that had comedy on the weekends. So he yeah. he drove from down from Chicago, and that's how I'm. I'm and I don't know, when you do the road as a comic, you're always like, "Oh man, we totally got along. We'll totally keep in touch and stuff." And you never do. T.J. Right. Miller's like he one, maybe the, one of the only people I ever worked with and said that to, and we actually did oh, always okay. keep in touch. And I'd cool. crash it in Chicago and. I'd hang out with him here when he comes in town and, and in L.A. when I lived there and stuff. But but anyway, yeah, he uh, that was back when he was with the touring company for Second City. Okay. So they were in New York for whatever reason. So all those guys now knew people from sure. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I got to go in there. It was crazy. Yeah, the Strokes were there and Drew Barrymore was there. and mm, Yeah, it was fun. It went until like until the sun came up. That's something that happens a lot when you live in New York. Yeah, partying when the sun comes. You know when, comes when up? to leave because it's sad because the sun is up, and you're illegally. That's in New York. <laughs> in New York, it's like it's here two o'clock in the morning. The bars close, and that feels reasonable. In mm-hmm. New York, they go. You know what? It's a wild town. Two more hours. Right. But still, that's not enough. You that- can always find bars that are open all night long in New York, and it's just. Just the most pathetic, sad feeling. <laughs> like it's pretty reasonable to say, okay, law, I won't drink past four a.m. But then there you are, six a.m. You're still there, and uh, yeah, that's something that's pretty common in New York, and uh, that's why I spent a lot of money when I was there. Yeah, yeah, I was. Do- that was back when I was doing seventy, like two years in a row. I did like seventy colleges, and I just blew it all. Just spent it all. I just like so you were traveling and doing colleges, but but uh, home base was New York when you could have done it from anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just the dumbest thing I ever did. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I live in New York. You know, it's like I totally just look. I, I constantly had, <laughs> I constantly had ten thousand dollars in my checking account, <laughs> and I just spent money like it was just fun coupons. <laughs> Another round on me, you know, like I'm a college comic. I got the money, you know. And uh, then, um, then I noticed, hey, these college shows are kind of drying up. This is like '05, yeah, and they're kind of drying up. I was like, you know what? I, I had my ten, I had like twelve grand in the bank, but I still was living high on the hog. Like, I'll come back around. I'll you know, I'll get more money, whatever. And then, and then, uh, and then I went moved back here, feeling like I still was rich. And uh, I went and did my taxes. Had to pay ten grand to the IRS. <laughs> I was poor again. Owie, owie. It's that time of year again. You're not going to get hit. You're doing better, I hope. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing better now. Yeah, but that, yeah, that was uh, that was a rough one. Oh, that stings. Yeah, <laughs> that stings. 
But yeah, I guess I did have fun. There were so many nights back when I lived in New York where I'd wake up the morning after like, uh, I spent five or six hundred dollars last night just to just having fun because New York everything costs money. Right. It's uh it's expensive. I remember the shock of the first time. I've only been in New York two times. I remember the first time I was incredibly shocked. I think it was ninety three or four mm-hmm. back then. The extra value meal. At McDonald's in St. Paul, where I lived, yeah. which, you know, like two ninety nine, I think back then. Right. Yeah. And then I went to New York, and it was like eight or nine dollars. Like, <laughs> what? How was that? <laughs> yeah, I was I was smoking cigarettes then, and it was just um, God. It was just so it was shocking to be like, I need to smoke because I'm so stressed out because I just moved to this new place. Right. And it'd be like it would it was a deal if you could find them for eight dollars a pack. Like that that was when it was, you know, four fifty here. Right. Well now you would be uh kicked out of town if you smoked in New York. Well, is it really is it like that now? They're not letting people smoke uh e those e cigarettes. Oh in, in- yeah. You know what Lyles does that too. Over one of the times I I tried to quit, yeah, I was over at Lyles at Franklin and sure. Window. Yeah, they said, "Oh, you gotta, you can't, you can't do that here." And I went, "Why? It's not smoke. It doesn't smell like anything." And they go, "Oh, the reason is this is unbelievable." They actually said they said uh, it's because sometimes those things explode. <laughs> That's the biggest lie. There's no way. That's sort of, yeah, what, okay, what else do we use every day that <laughs> explodes every once in a million uses? Yeah. My car, no more cars. Yeah. The one time it exploded, and then it startled someone. Really, they were saying that it would just pop, and it would startle people. But, uh, yeah, they didn't want people to be doing that there. So it's really silly. Turn these televisions off. They could explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, turn the lights off. <laughs> Actually, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Everybody gets. <laughs> I've I found that the the older the older I get, the less funny it gets at bar clothes to shout. Man, it sure is getting ugly in here all of a sudden. <laughs> it's not nearly as funny as it used to be. Because <laughs> where I hang out, they really are ugly people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. What type of? I'm always curious. People that have lived in New York, what type of living conditions did you have? Um. Big place, little place, roommates. I had a roommate. My roommate, homeless. My roommate was Chris Jerick, a guy who used to do comedy. Well, yeah, he still does. He dabbles here and there. But uh, it was the first place I ever lived. It was this place where you walk up the steps, and uh, it was uh, yeah, two bedrooms. But yeah, you had to walk up those steps, and in between the steps was a door. One night, I I just got I went I woke up to go to the bathroom. I was pretty wasted too. I think. But I, I, the bathroom was taking a right, and the mm-hmm. stairs were taking a left. And in my in the darkness and a little drunk, I took a left instead of a right. Oh. Fell completely naked all the way down the steps. Busted the door open. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just a startling feeling being naked and bloody and tired. You know. Yeah. Usually have to pay for that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. Stupid landlord did didn't any, pay for it. Did anyone? Did you? Uh, Someone come rescue you or find you? It was no, no one did. I just, I was just laying there. I was like, well, I have to get up now. No one's coming to help. Yeah, that was, that was startling. These stairs aren't going to reverse and carry me back up. <laughs> 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 well, let's go back here. How did, uh, how did you get your start? Uh, uh, back in, I started in May of 1996. May of 96. Uh huh. Yeah. What well, were you doing before that? 
I was in, uh, just I was, a kid. I was twenty years old when I started. So I I ran out of high school. I did the. Uh, I went to I went to college just because I thought that's just what you do. Where were you living? Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. That's where I'm from. But yeah. yeah, the um yeah, it was just like I didn't know what I wanted to do, and there was no comedy around. So a comedy. Luckily, about two years after now, the, the, the time I always feel sorry for people like right after high school. That's the hardest time in your life, I think. Really. Oh yeah, you know. I don't. Yeah, looking back, it you shouldn't be allowed to make any decisions at that God, age. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah you feel lost you, because your whole life you're like, and seventh grade you go to eighth grade, after eighth grade and ninth grade, and now you're just like, well, now I, I I have to make the decision. Oh yeah. And then, see, I went to college, blew blew some money for no reason at community college. Did like, dropped dropped classes and just did mm-hmm. not care at right. all. Yep. But um, cause you, but you just keep going because oh, losers don't do anything with their lives. I'm getting a degree in something I don't care about, uh, which is something I think there's got to be. I don't know. I'm not a huge conspiracy guy, but I just think there's there's somebody making. I don't know. It just doesn't. Matter. Not every most people shouldn't go to college. I think, but they're highly pressured to. Everyone is. Oh, I know. <laughs> but yeah, then a comedy club opened, and I went up and did my first set in May of '96. And um, in Tulsa, in Tulsa, the yeah. Tulsa Comedy Club, and uh, the the I did my first set, and I went home to my mom, and I was like, I'm quitting school, and so much she made me, my mom made me finish the rest of that semester, and then I just never went to school again. And I'm three hours. I've now I'm now and forever will be three hours short of an associate's degree. Congratulations <laughs> in radio and TV broadcast. Hey, uh-huh. <laughs> so, but yeah, I yeah then I. Yeah, I did comedy there for like three years, and uh, and then I moved here in '99, and uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, what brought you here? John Evans, you know John Evans. Uh-huh. Is, yeah, me and John started together in Tulsa. Oh, okay. And uh, I didn't even knew that. John moved up here, and he he was answering the phone for Rich Miller, and I remember uh, Rich uh, Rich was like telling he had been telling John to move up here because John answered the phone at the Tulsa Comedy Club. And then he moved up here, and then I talked to him on the phone about a month, two months after after he had moved here, and he was like, you know how down there we get on stage one once on Tuesday for open mic, and then once every you know month and a half we get an MC week? Well, up here, you can be on stage six nights a week if you want, and there's two clubs, and, like, and I was like, well... I'll just move up there then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I ended up moving up here, and that was November of '99. So yeah, so it's been in May. It'll be 18 years. I've actually I was talking thinking about this. I've been doing, <laughs> throughout the years. You know, it's inevitable. You're going to perform for horrible people. Sure. You know, and I have wished a slow, painful death on several people over the course of 18 years. Who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me over that amount of time. I bet that's actually happened. I oh. bet there really have been people I've wished that on, and <laughs> statistically speaking, I bet they have. There have been some people that I've wished that on that's actually happened. Mm-hmm. So, if I, you got proof, how would you feel? <laughs> I'd start wishing for other stuff. <laughs> if I hey, this shit works. <laughs> million dollars, million dollars, million dollars, million dollars. <laughs> or maybe that's sitcom, su- sitcom, sitcom, sitcom. suck if that's the, if all I can't create anything. All I can do is just wish slow, painful deaths on people. <laughs> Kim Jong-un. Is that name? <laughs> yes. Nothing on the way up. Just the demise. <laughs>
That's all I can do. Enterprise, rent a car. You've already destroyed. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, that's a pretty powerful feeling. Well, God, yeah. you're God-like. Uh-huh, God-like. Yeah. What, um... So you you lived here, and now you, you've already mentioned that you lived in California and New York. Yeah. And now you're back here. Yeah, I went to first. I went to L.A. because I was uh, a girl. Like I broke up with her, and then I wanted to get back in. And she broke up with me, and then I was devastated. And she was like, "I'm moving to New York." And at the time, I talked myself into thinking that I was moving to New York because I wanted to move to New York. Ah. Now, in retrospect, I was totally chasing this girl, sure. and that was the worst. It's the worst reason to move. Yeah. But I, yeah, I did that. I moved to New York for a girl, and then, of course, didn't work out. Yeah. You know? So. But then, yeah, I was there for two years, and I came back here. And then after that, I moved back to Tulsa for a little while. Uh, my sister had had a kid, and I, was, I kind of wanted to be around the kids. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then I moved to L.A. I moved. I've been. I've moved to L.A. and run out of money twice. Oh really? Yeah. It's it's like in Los Angeles. It's great. I love Los Angeles. I would be there right now if if I had like any kind of like steady income. You know, but it's just so expensive. You just go out there and just, I, I've maybe even three times, no, three times I've gone out there and just watched my, my nest egg just go lower and lower and lower. Oh. And then, like, you just, uh, well, I guess I have to leave again. <laughs> you know, but it's, I, I think that most, I really do think most, most open mic or comics, most aspiring show business people in their early 20s to, you know, 35 there's i think most of them have dad's credit card you think so i really do because i remember i would go to all the same functions some of these people would go to and they i would be like oh man i'm kind of broke and they'd be like oh totally me too but they didn't have a job and they're they're going to the same parties i am but they don't have any income like how are you Opinion. How, how have you been here for five years? Yeah, you know, is um, that's my theory. I think a lot of people, <laughs> I think a lot of people are getting help from their mom and dad. No or, rich parents for you. I don't have rich parents. No, no don't. My no. dad sells office furniture. Uh, <laughs> it's not not a rich man's game. <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously a celebrity. Mm, oh yeah. Well, the growing up they were. My parents were semi celebrities when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, I read a little bit about that. Let's talk about that. They were my parents are the grandparents of Christian comedy, and uh, yeah, is that they, trademarked? <laughs> they, they, it's just known. Actually, a lot of people these days they don't they don't know about my parents. They, back in back in the late seventies, up until the mid nineties, my parents you know that's how they made their living. You know, performing. Performing at churches, church banquets, you know, like church functions and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, back then there were only like three. There was Isaac Air Freight, there was uh, Mike Warnke, and there was my parents. And maybe there were like two, uh, some others that were. But yeah, my parents. They. Uh, but now there's so many Christian comics. They're all. Uh, I don't think they know anything about about it. But uh, yeah, that's what my parents did for a long time. And then they were, they were on a show called Gospel Bill Show. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> look at anybody who's listening. Look up YouTube search the Gospel Bill Show. I'm writing it, writing it down right my now. My mom is Dirty Gertie, and my dad is T W Tutwater, <laughs> the banker. And my mom is the Dirty Gertie. Dirty Gertie. Yeah, yeah. That's how you, on the Gospel. But it's a kids show where it's, it teaches kids the gospel or whatever. 
and uh, it's uh, it's in Dry Gulch, Dry Gulch, and it's a you know town in the Old West. And uh, and there's all every week there's something happening where the power of prayer uh, saves the day. Saves the day. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And if if there's say like a guy, a new guy in town, that guy's trying to rob the bank for sure, <laughs> for sure. Or a woman, Dirty Gertie's tried to rob the bank several times. Dirty. Every time, every time you uh, Does she question her faith. <laughs> she's, she's not doing? a Christian. Oh, not a Christian. <laughs> No, everyone else in in Dry Gulch is though, they are. And well, T W Tutwater struggles with his uh, need for uh, wealth. He's a banker. Oh, of course. So, yeah, of course. It's easier greedy. easier for uh, was it a camel get to the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get to heaven? That's Bible scripture. I'm quoting entry right there. Thank you. Uh huh. <laughs> then there was fire by night. And Fire by Night was geared towards teens. My parents were in that show too. Uh-huh. And based on and that was like you know geared towards teens, and it's it was uh, kind of a Saturday Night Live kind of feel to it. You know, it's it all Christian stuff though. But based on my parents' popularity on those shows, that really rocketed them up to where they were busy every weekend. So like me and my brother and sister, I was the oldest. I'm the I'm still the oldest. Uh, there you go. I would be. Yeah, we just get left alone every weekend. It was great at home or like home. in the they would in fly the out. They would fly <laughs> at home. They would just fly out of town, and every uh, Friday, Friday to Monday, we'd just be alone. And it was great. I mean, I think about the stuff that we were doing back then. Oh God, people would just never let their kids do. How, you, ever, you were how old? You think I was sixteen. Yeah, fifteen. No, fifteen years old, and my parents would go. I didn't have my driver's license, and I'm driving around with my little brother and sister. They'd go, "You can drive to the mall. <laughs> you can drive to the store. Wow, but that's all. You know, like." And then they just leave down, yeah. like just to think, like the fact that people make their kids they left wear, you the keys as a fifteen year old, as a fifteen year old kid driving driving around a giant van. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it wasn't like you had the cell phone with you at the mall. No, there no cell phones. <laughs> no. Yeah. The, the fact that I just look at these people that and it makes sense to make your kid wear a helmet. But I mean, like, <laughs> God, oh, man, my parents, not only not only did they not make me wear a helmet like they would. My parents would say things. About, they're so Republican and so conservative that they anytime. I, I remember as a kid, my parents actually making comments about like, no, we don't wear our seatbelts. We're not going to let the government tell us what to oh do. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Just way on the opposite side of parents who make their kids wear uh, helmets today. So. It's against principle, man. Yeah. It's not about safety. <laughs> I'm not going to be forced to do this. I'll have you know, a lot of times people die because of the seatbelt. That's right. <laughs> Oh, I'll never forget when my parents were buying a car when I was a kid, and the guy gave them that whole speech. Really? When they were concerned about my parents were concerned about the seatbelts. The guy's like, honestly, do you really? Who really uses them? And I mean, uh, here's the thing, guys. I was in an accident about six months ago, and uh, they told me it would have killed me if I had my seatbelt on. So, you know, it's up to you, but. <laughs> That's the guy selling you the car? Yes. Wow. Yes. Huh. Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which reminds me of another thing. My my mom was telling me that, uh, that you know I didn't have a 
you know, I got like I was telling you, I have two daughters. Uh-huh. They went through the whole safety, you know, car seat thing, yeah. whatever, in the back seat of the car. Uh, and then my mom's telling me, you know, we didn't even have one for you. I just held you in the front seat. Uh-huh. And then she's saying that in front of my kids. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't tell them. No, let's wait till they're old enough to not go. Like, well, why can't we? No, <laughs> because I would go on long drives with my parent. We'd go on these monster drives across the nation. We had a giant a silver van, and to keep me entertained. That not only were there no seats back there, there was a bunk bed that I'd sleep on. There was a rocking horse. I would I would be on a rocking horse in the back of a moving van going eighty miles an hour. Oh my goodness. That's how little people cared about <laughs> safety. Even it, that's not that long ago. No, it's not it's that only long. about twenty years ago. Right, right. <laughs> it's to, from that to what it is now is oh, yeah. just astounding. Like how. To, now to uh, side airbags and you know, and like yeah. kids, like parents actually bring in car seats on an airplane. Ah, uh, that's obnoxious. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Your kid is gonna die if the plane crashes. It's just gonna happen. It's you can't, you cannot save them in that. But I'm all for helmets on airplanes. Helmets, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, steel ones. <laughs> so your parents were famous, like big enough that they were getting on. Uh, like traveling out of town Not for these fa- gigs. Famous in in a very in very in, busy a, in a very small circle. Okay, busy. Yes, there was oh, enough yeah. demand. Oh yeah, that they had to, that they traveled and it made it was worthwhile. They were yeah up and up until ninety six. They were making they were they were there was like a you know they'd go through ebbs and flows of course like all show businesses but I mean they were making. Airfare, hotel, fifteen hundred for one show, that type of thing. Now, what age were you when you said I'm not following them in this Christian comedy? I, it was just the. It was just. It was um, probably. I remember. I remember. I I, lo- I started to love stand up comedy in the eighties, in the late eighties, when I you know when I watched Comic Strip Live every Saturday. And evening of the improv, and like I'd watch these guys, and I'd think like these guys, they can write jokes just about anything they want. They don't have to make it a message, you know. And I really, hmm. I thought that was pretty liberating. The feeling of like you don't have to make this about God. You can just make it about anything. Yeah, yeah. But I still, as a gift to my parents, kind of talked about this so many times. It's like it, it would horrify my parents if I were to be filthy. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm a clean comic. Right, that, right, that's right. pretty much why. It's a, you know, I do that for them. And, you know, on top of that, too, it's I can make more money doing corporates anyway because I made an effort to be clean yeah. all these years. And oh, it's yeah. easy for me to write clean now because I never allowed myself to do dirty material. So, but yeah, I, yeah, it, you can, you could, especially when I first started doing comedy, you could, you could sense that there were people. In the who were in the ministry with my parents, that they'd be like, "Oh boy, that's going to be a rough one." Him performing in those bars, casting his pearls to the swine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, they they loosened up on it a lot. Yeah. Do you throw I, some? Uh, do you throw some stuff in your act every now and then that about a, a sort of like an ode? And I'm not talking about the not swearing. I mean, like you know, like a. Oh, the, one of the, some sort the, of religious thing or a little shout out. The first joke I ever <laughs> wrote that really worked was that I did it on Letterman. I've done it on whatever. It's a, if you ever go to the Middle East, Israel, Egypt, any place like that, don't don't make the mistake I did. Don't use those maps in the back of your Bible to get around. 
You know, <laughs> it's a joke. It makes me almost want to vomit blood to say it now because oh, I've, come on. I've said well, I've said it so many times. I I only do it like when I absolutely have to. But like, yeah, that that was that was one of the first. Yeah, yeah, that was one perfect of the first, example. First bits I ever wrote that worked. So yeah, yeah. but it's uh yeah, I I still perform at churches every once in a while. Oh really? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I can. It's easy. You mentioned Letterman. Mm-hmm. What year did you do that? <laughs> Man, like more than a decade ago. I think it was two thousand. I think it was ten years ago. I think it was two thousand four when I did it. Yeah, I worked. Uh, I worked in Skyline in Appleton, co- the Skyline Comedy Club, mm-hmm. Comedy Club right, in, right. in Appleton, and uh, I got booked with Eddie Brill, right. who then was booking Letterman, and he watched me. He was like, "Hey, send me a tape," and then. And I sent another tape, and then on the third tape, that was the one. And he said, "All right, just be ready," you know. And uh, and so I would just I would get get calls from. There was like three times, like, "Okay, tomorrow, be ready," and I'd be like freaking out. And then they go, "Never mind. Oh. <laughs> uh, I might need you. Might need you tomorrow. Uh, never mind." And then the other time, he's like. And the other time he's like, "Well, you don't have to say yes, but there's a guest host this time. But you're on. You can. You're flying out today if you want." And I'm like, "You know, you don't know if you're ever going to get offered that uh, that kind of thing ever again." So, I did it. And it was Tom Green to bring in Drew Barrymore back into the story. <laughs> were they married at the time? They were just recently divorced. Really? Yeah. He he referenced Drew Barrymore in his opening monologue. But yeah, it, the, pretty sure the reason Tom Green got it back then. Um, was I was just thinking, yeah, because that wouldn't happen now. Remember back when, back when MTV tried to do a new version of of the Tom Green yes, show, yes. brought it, tried to try to bring it back. Mm-hmm. MTV's owned by Viacom. Viacom only. Uh, Viacom also owns CBS, so I think it was a cross promotion oh, right, right. type of thing that the right. big wigs forced uh, Letterman's the letter the the late show's hand on. But yeah. yeah. But that's what happened, and uh, yeah, it's it's weird because yeah, it's I I don't know if I would have said yes if for the rest of my life I would have known my parents my my my, my friends would then mock me saying hey I'll <laughs> you did the Tom Green show that wasn't Letterman <laughs> I mean I've heard that come out of my friends' mouths so many times well. Those are good friends. Yeah. <laughs> what were you on the Tom Green Internet Show? They were on that Internet Show, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, the Late Show with Tom Green. That's. Oh. Were you on the episode where he did Undercutter's Pizza and he followed the pizza guy? Oh wait, that was the <laughs> that was the MTV one that, that uh, the- most people are aware of. Yeah, that I, I wasn't on that one. No. Yeah, I was on the thing that he did one time and yeah. Who <laughs> uh? Who else was on that night? Do you remember? It was. I remember there was nobody. Nope. <laughs> That's something you always think. Like, man, it's gonna be. What if I was on the same night as you know some musician I really admired? So, no, it was like a, a hockey player who had just won the Stanley Cup. And I'm from Oklahoma. We take pride in not knowing anything about hockey and soccer. Uh, I did not. I didn't know who he was at all. Uh, was I think Wayne he, Gretzky, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was played for the Red Wings. Red Wing? I don't know. Um, then there was some girl who was on one of the spinoff Star Trek shows. And then there was uh, there was an uh, acoustic vocalist. And that's... that. Mm. Bobby and McFerrin, I, ladies and gentlemen. I did not know who any of them were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a rough one. Nice. But, uh, when was the... Uh, 
Oh, I was going to ask you. So how many times do you think you've performed at Acme? Do you have any idea? Oh, at Acme? Golly. I've done. I'm, I don't know. God, that's hard to say. I was going to say a thousand, but God, maybe maybe close to a thousand times. Yeah. This is, when I first moved here, this was, um, this was the type of place where you, you really could. I feel so sorry for people that start here now. Because, God, it's like they, you got to, there's 40 people out there that don't get on the list. You know? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. One of my, uh, a friend of mine, I don't know why he, <laughs> he showed up and did open mic for the first time about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then I think came back once more and didn't get on and then didn't again until just this last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're not going to get on. It's just. Then he didn't get on. I said, keep just, showing up though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to. There, it's really hard to stand out in the Minneapolis comedy scene now. I'm, I'm glad that I'm kind of grandfathered. In. <laughs> but, uh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, the the way it used to be was, you know, it was like the guys back then were me, John Evans, Chad Daniels, uh, Tracy Ashley. Um, gosh, who else was back then? Back in those days, the the late great uh, Eric Page, that ring a bell and all. No. He died a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, who else was around? Anyway, but, oh, Dave Morrall was Morrall was always around. Darlene Westgore was always around. Like it was great. Like you'd show up, but like you never get to see Dave. You rarely get to see Dave do stand up anymore, right? Because you know whatever. But <laughs> he doesn't like to yeah. very much. Yeah. <laughs> but it used to be. Yeah, you, I'd see Dave on Monday. I'd see David Tuesday at Knuckleheads. Like he, all of us hung out all the time. It was it was a blast. But now now it's great. Now I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like God, it's, oh, it's saturated. You know, there's a lot. I think I think the problem with those shows like um, um, Last Comic Standing and stuff like that, it made people want to go to comedy shows. Sure, but I think it made way more people want to do comedy. You know, hmm. I think there were percentage wise, I think there are way more people that ma- they didn't go like, I'd like to be an audience member. No, they went, no, I want to be that guy on stage. And I think that I think there was something. It started something. It used. There's so many people that want to be comedians now, it seems like that changed about 10, 10, 15 years ago. So yeah. and it's coming back. It is coming. Last back. comic standings coming. back. Who's going to host it this time? Do I don't know. know. Hmm. I don't think there's been any announcement. But. I don't know. It's it coming can, back this summer. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. I, I, I haven't heard anything about auditions or anything. I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> Did you audition in the past? I... You know what? That's right. I was right here at this very place. It was <laughs> it was uh, Alonzo Bowden, Kathleen Madigan, and... Oh, what's the gay guy who was, who was a host that oh, one? Ant. Ant. Okay. So... Here we go. The time that I auditioned here, I did, you know, it's so awkward. Like, you walk out here and there's three people sitting there and you're supposed to just do your act. And it's just weird. So I did, I did like two minutes. I go, okay, stop. And Alonzo Bowden goes, I say yes. Uh, Kathleen Madigan goes, yes. And then Ant goes, no, no, I don't like him. I don't like him. And they went, well, I'm well. It's two against one, so he's in, and I, I I was just about to go like, yeah, I'm in. Ant then pulled out a thing on the table and put it on the table that said no, and apparently something that didn't even get introduced because it was just a boring aspect of the show. They didn't even edit it in the final 
Apparently, each of them had one veto for the whole day so that they could outride the other and two. And he used it on you? He used it on me. What a dick! Ant, Ant yeah, he, he used it on me. That was a strength. Why on earth would he have such a vendetta against... I'd, it's not like I said anything that would have personally offended him or anything. He just, he just, I was just not his cup of tea at all. Not at all. Well, your t-shirt said hetero and proud. <laughs> That's right. God, what an odd thing that was. I just remember that happened. That was years and years ago. Yeah. What the hell? That's the strangest thing, isn't it? So and that it, was the extent of your... I really, but the thing was, I was thinking, well, the sunny side of this is that he will... I'll definitely be in the show because I'm the one guy in Minneapolis that uh, – because they, they do a whole episode about Minneapolis, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, well, for sure I'm going to be in in this show because there was this argument. And like It turns out, no, they just edited it Nothing. out. Nothing. Just <laughs> where Had they just realized that that was going – that wasn't, that wasn't uh, interesting, I would have just been in that night's showcase, but I wasn't. So it's a rough break. <laughs> I could be a star right now. Let's bring Ant out. Let's let's sell oh, this. Come on out, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Each of you say your piece. <laughs> I heard that guy made all of his money in. I'm not saying this to be homophobic. Or, I, I heard that he got in on the ground floor of internet gay porn. What? Yeah. That's what. That's the word on the street. I don't know what, that for sure. What does that mean exactly? He bought. He started a lot of gay porn sites back when the internet was first getting to where there was a lot of porn. Like he got on the ground floor of it, made a ton of money, and I've. I don't know. I've heard he's very well off now. That's what. That's what I've heard. What my put. Consider the source. It's a total hearsay. <laughs> but let's just believe it anyway. I'm going to be sure and go to work tomorrow and Google that on a work computer. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> yeah. So what's new? Ant. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what are your keywords. Ant. Uh, gay. Sex. <laughs> websites. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's just male ants having sex. <laughs> yes. Insects. <laughs> Insect porn. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Huh. On your bio, it says you worked, you performed stand up on Garrison Keeler's mm-hmm. Prairie Home Companion. I'm one of the few. Then you've got to be a, a hero of my father. Yeah, <laughs> yes. This that was again like a, that was about 2003. It was so cool. I was so I was seeing this girl, and we went into. I was in my dressing room. I didn't know who. I was just told like um, I'd be sharing a. Uh, dressing room with the 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 musician. His name's Mason Jennings. Oh yeah, and I was like, I didn't know who he was. But then I got in there. He and my- sings like this. <laughs> yeah, kind of sounds butterfly. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had always said, oh, I can't. Like me and my then girlfriend, she played. She always played this one song, the butterfly song, and um, and then he's over there. He's he was like her and me, like uh, yeah, and he's over there playing the guitar. And she actually said to him naively, he "Goes, are you playing Mason Jennings?" And he goes, "I am Mason Jennings." Nope. <laughs> this is really weird, but uh, yeah, I was on that show. It was a Valentine show years ago. Yeah, I was one of the guests on Garrison Keeler. But uh, yeah, that was he was it was a really unique experience. Um, yeah, I remember the last thing he said to me was, uh, "Yeah, we'll have you back, maybe." Maybe next time we'll do a little more give and take. <laughs> it 
was the most awkward way he introduced me. He goes, he made me because they want to do it exactly like a TV show, a, a radio show. Right. They. Like, you know, when you're introduced here, they go like, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 here's Isaac Whitty, and then you walk out. There, they wanted me to be at the mic during the introduction. So it was just the stupidest feeling. I'd be like, he's do- they're going like, go out there right now. Like, really? He's and So while he's introducing me, I'm just standing there at the microphone. And it was, that was really awkward. And then he goes, here's Isaac Whitty, and they clap, and I'm like, Hi, I've been here a while. Yeah. So, in case any of you didn't notice. Yeah. So, just had this really strange feeling. Yeah. They always want to do that to you in big situations. Like these comics who go, like, I want to have a lapel mic on, you know, for my Tonight Show set. Like, so you've been doing this, you've been doing it with a, a handheld microphone your whole career, but for this really big set, you want to do it different than you've ever done it before? Why? Oh, yeah. Would that throw you off? I think so. Yeah. I think I'd want to have a, I'd always want to have a micro, a handheld microphone, at least on a stand. Huh. I can see that. I don't want to use a lapel. It feels so weird. I will say, the, when I first started doing this uh, podcast versus uh, comparing it to doing radio, mm-hmm. it threw me off not wearing headphones. Really? Talking into a microphone. Yeah, like, are we really doing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, uh, you, um, let's talk about the other thing you're doing, you're the sketch comedy. Yeah, I'm in a sketch comedy group called The Turkeys. Yeah. And uh, we have been doing this for about a year, and like writing the this a long process of like writing and then shooting and then post production. Like we have not released anything yet, so we really have. We've been working so hard for about a year and not reaped any of the benefits. Way to go! So we're just. It's it, every once in a while I'll just get really down. Like oh god, this is hard. But then I realized like oh I haven't been pat on the back at all about any of these sketches. So you know I'm thinking that God, if you're listening right now. January. If you're listening to this in like late February, yeah, look up the sketches. Go to the the Turkeys uh, sketch group. Uh, the Turkeys dot net is our website that we'll have up. And um, yeah, we've we've worked really hard on it and everything, and uh, we're we're trying to find a website that we can release stuff with right now. Not just throwing it on YouTube. You yeah, want to a- you got to do it. You got if you don't have any celebrities in your in your videos, you got to do them. Smart, like you gotta like team up with a college humor or sure. like a Vimeo or whatever. So we're trying to find somebody who we can team up with to do the release with. So that's all we're waiting for. The sketches are ready. We have about forty five minutes worth of content. Wow. Just, so yeah. So the, you'd hope to get those out there. Good feedback. Do more. Yeah, I mean, God, the thing that I would love to do is just, I would love to just because I love doing it. It's just the money. God, we're like. Gabe's <laughs> Gabe's dad. Say the names of who you work with. Gabe Noah, Chell Bjorgen, uh, Chris Maddock, Chris Knutson. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's those are the core members. Then we have people that help us out too. But uh, Chad yeah. has helped you with that. Chad Daniels, right? Chad had. Yo, he was in a show of ours at Hell's Kitchen. Okay, so he's helped us out. Yeah, he's a. Uh, Chad drove on down to did one of our shows at Hell's Kitchen. We 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 were at Hell's Kitchen like six months in a row. We had a. We had a monthly engagement there for a while. But, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the release. And uh, Oh, the thing I was getting at is, like, you shoot all this stuff. You have no – people – you just have no idea how – well, you would. 
how expensive this is to uh-huh. shoot. Yeah. Like we we <laughs> we get this, you know, you get a five minute sketch. Like, that is a good looking sketch. Well, it better be. We paid fifteen hundred dollars for it. Yeah. You know, it's so expensive, and like we. We're just all just lousy businessmen. <laughs> all of us are. We, we suck at the business side. Like God, Gabe's dad lent us like seven grand. We're 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 all like, oh yeah, well we'll get you paid back. And uh, yeah, we're way behind on payments and stuff like that. We're we're going to pay him a hundred percent chance. We're gonna we're going to pay him. It's just just feels so bad about like ah, oh, I'm not paying him nearly as fast as we want. I have said su- we I have a suggestion for What's you. What's that? On a way to uh, monopolize this thing. What's that? Go back because I'm gonna. I assume you haven't done this product placement. Mm. Is that something that people actually will pay for? I, probably not. <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> product placement. <laughs> like we're both making money from the twins. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh man, you know I'm, how many yeah. people are gonna love the twins now that they. <laughs> Now that they can't see us wearing these Twins hats. That's right. You're just going to take our words for it. You're wearing a uh, baseball cap, Twins uh-huh. hat. I have the uh, stocking cap on. Uh-huh. Yes, that's oh, true. Man. We're going to go all the way this year, guaranteed. I think someone should at least drop off some Twins Fest tickets to us for this. <laughs> yeah. God, what a ripoff that is, huh? Twins well, not, maybe not a ripoff. It's just inconvenient that, like, that what they triple the price of the tickets and they have it in a venue that's just tiny now yeah for people i should do a quick description twins fest this thing they do yearly yeah in january uh it's always been held at the metrodome where they bring in the uh oh, one year it was at like someone were in blaine when it was the year the uh the roof collapsed because of that snow at the dome they had to move it that why year. wouldn't they move it to the convention center right that would make perfect sense the convention center is huge yeah Twins Fest is basically a big baseball card and collectible show, yeah. and then they bring Twins current and former future stars, and they come in and sign autographs. Yeah, I got my they... picture taken with Rod Carew last year. Yeah, I got a Rod Carew autograph. Yeah, I love going to Twins Fest. I was just upset that they're having it at this place where it's like, what, $25 to get in? And, yeah, now uh, they've raised the price, and they're hosting it at the stadium target Like field. a fourth of the amount of people that used to be able to go can go now? Yeah. Oh, no, I've, I will tell you, Isaac, I have gone to Twins Fest starting, you know... When I was in high school or whatever, yeah. and I've gone nearly every year since then. Yeah, so twenty, you know, twenty years I've been gone at least, and uh, I, I'm not going this year. No, 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 I can't. No. I mean, so that's the message of today's podcast: is uh, <laughs> twins, you screwed up. We love you, but come on, come on, man. Oh man, come on, man. What a larger venue. I agree. how about it at Acme? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have like half of it here and then half of it in the Tom Bernard Studios up there. There we go. Yeah. Herbeck will be up there signing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Where yeah. is the thing? Oh, here we go. Something I wanted to ask you about here. What's that? First of all, did you see the? Uh, we did the story in the morning show today. I just find it fascinating. It needs yeah. to get as big an audience as possible. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There was a family. Did you see this one? Their house got toilet papered. And uh, they decided... The Justin Bieber? Story? No, no. This is a family in uh, Dora, which I didn't know was a town, Dora, Alabama. They, okay. uh, they wanted to clean the toilet paper off their house, you know, high school prank. Yeah. Do you know how they decided to... It didn't work out well, how they decided to remove the toilet paper from... Did they the, do it with the hose? No. And actually, when I saw the headline, I thought, yeah, that would be a bad idea because I would just make <laughs> yeah. it stick. Like, oh, no, we're going to rinse it off. No, you're not going to rinse yeah. it off. Uh, no, they set it on fire. Oh my gosh! They didn't. It was all over their house. Yes. Yeah. 
They cleaned the toilet paper up from the house and the yard and the magnolia tree out front, but they were having trouble getting it off the tree, so they thought it might be easier to set the toilet paper on fire. (laughs) They're not familiar with the concept of wood, I guess? Uh, Well, it started in the yard, spread to a propane tank. Oh, my gosh. Which also caught on fire, and that set their house on fire. (laughs) I I love that story. I would love to hear them, like... Look, it's a, it's a it could have happened to anybody. <laughs> it's a reasonable there's a reasonable exp- explanation for why that happened. We set we set on fire just like anybody would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just love that. <clears throat> that was that's probably that's probably fire is the answer to all of their all their problems. That's oh yeah, how they've treated their whole life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> hey. Take out the recycling. That means set it on fire. Hey, you know what? Hey, set it on fire. <laughs> well, Taxes need to be done. Grandpa set died. <laughs> set it on fire. Uh, are you a fan of Chelsea Handler? There's no correct answer. I, I like her. No. She's, uh, she was asked if, uh, if she would commit a crime. If she could commit a c- crime and get away with it, what would it be? What uh-huh. would it be? And her answer, she was probably joking. She said... Um, She'd murder her father. Hmm. Because, uh, and then her, it's a joke. She said, she, uh, <laughs> there's an age demo and he's outlived it. If I could murder him and get away with it or not murder him, but euthanize him, then I would. He's not bringing any joy to anyone. <laughs> if you, Isaac Whitty, could get away with any crime and not get caught. What would it be? Um, it doesn't have to be extremely dastardly. It could be something really oh lame. Oh, gosh, if I know but, I'm uh, going to. But what would it be? Any ideas? Hmm. Besides wishing death on people and having it actually come true. <laughs> well, see, that's something. My fingerprints are nowhere near it. <laughs> so, I, man, I'd rob, like rob a bank or something, right? I mean, well, then you, well, no, you're just gonna get, get just gonna get away with it. I'd rob a bank. I think I'd rob a bank, like a big bank, like a really big bank, really big bank. Yeah, and then I'd just never work again. I don't think I'd ever do anything hard ever again. If I was super rich. These people are super rich and they still work really hard. It just blows my mind. Like, really hard, yeah. Why? Why? I don't know. Do you think you would get bored? If you had all the money you could handle? How could more you get than you bored? Can because you could actually do the things. You could do fun things that are like kind of kind of like work. But the people that go, I don't know. I, I, I know someone who's, I know someone who's, Whose parents are well off now? They're really well off because his, his his father just worked like crazy his whole life. He's a workaholic, and now he's like in his seventies. It's like now he just still works. It's like don't you don't you go to work for the money to for the relax- the payoff. Yeah, there's no payoff for some people. They're just not happy unless it's like go, go, go. Someday go. my kids are gonna be like, you know, Dad worked really hard. Why doesn't he have anything to show for? It? <laughs> <laughs> because of you. Why is he? <laughs> why is Dad still renting? <laughs> God, he should have shouldn't have quit his job. He can't. He can't walk. <laughs> Did you? Uh, Oh no! I'm not gonna. I'm gonna skip that one. That one's lame. Uh, what was the other one I was gonna ask you about? Oh, I know. How much time do we have here? Holy shit! We've been doing this for an hour already. Isaac. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Here's something I want to try. We could okay. we could wrap it up now. This is an hour, but I really right. want to do this because I brought this book along. Okay. I want to see how this goes. Oh, okay. Wrong book. It's right here. Uh, I want you. This is a book of. Um, 
It's a collection of interviews of rock and roll stars. Okay. Okay. I want you to just give me... A, there's how many pages in here? There are... Let's say there there are 466 pages. Give me a page number. I'm going to read your question, and you and you're going to answer it just however you want. Okay. Uh, 279. 279. All right. While I'm looking that up, well, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, uh, Isaac Witty. All one word. Isaac Witty. And the uh, you got a website? I know. I have a website, IsaacWitty.com. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. Yeah, I'm really I'm really enjoying Twitter lately. Yeah. Yeah, it actually took a. I didn't even every new social network thing that comes around. I'm I'm not. I don't get it for like <laughs> like two three months. Like I'm on Instagram too. So I'm on Isaac Witty on Instagram as well. I've never All got right. into the Instagram thing. I like it. Uh, okay. Wow. This is an interview. Okay. I, apparently, it's not all rock stars. This was an interview <laughs> of Leonard Bernstein. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. All right. What you call liberal was once termed radical chic. By Tom Wolfe in his infamous article about the party you gave in 1970 to raise money for the Black Panthers. I remember that. Please comment. Well, I feel like when I was raising money for the Black Panthers, in my defense, I, I, I made them a lot of money. And I, I will do a fundraiser for anyone if they pay me enough money. <laughs> it, I was really surprised when the Black Panthers asked me to do their... Um, fundraiser but you know everything went very smoothly only four casualties no big deal yeah call me a liberal for doing it uh, i think it's pretty conservative really when you consider how much money i made <laughs> i like that <laughs> throw out another page number 172 all right oh i was almost there 172 oh sick 169 oh this is a one of uh francis ford coppola oh, okay 172. Okay. <laughs> I don't, uh, Isaac, I don't understand what you mean when you say that style was going to be the whole movie. Well, you don't understand what I meant when I said that style was going to be the whole movie? Well, I mean, you took, you, you, you always take me so literally. <laughs> I, <laughs> of course there's dialogue and there's, <laughs> there's a plot. I mean, it, yeah, would we, would it be great to have, to have just models walking around showing us beautiful clothes, that'd be awesome. But that's just not what puts asses in the seats. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of style in the movie, but you know, not as not as much as, you know, I, it's a compromise. That's all I'm saying. All right. I just randomly opened one to page 99 here. <laughs> okay. This is one to, that was, went to uh, Johnny Cash. Uh-huh. That was a bad time for you. The pills and all? <laughs> oh, well, it was bad, but it was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> Did you see that movie that's going to be made about me in about 30 years? It's it's pretty fun. <laughs> tears. Tear, singing, joy, and tears. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just looking into the future. <laughs> uh, Isaac, thank you. you know, this thank wasn't, you for uh, a year A week ago, this wasn't going to happen. So uh, you're here, I'm here, and... It's a lot of fun. Come out and see Isaac. You got a uh, show tonight if this gets posted in time, mm-hmm. and then uh, Thursday night and John Doerr over the weekend. Yep. Perfect. All right. Thank you. See you later.